Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome to The Grind, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is take three as we have uh, started off like gangbusters this morning and uh, we had uh, a moment uh, like the the news uh, uh, caster video with the child walking into the room <laughs> just a while ago with Chad and Ezra. And so uh, I'm Dave McClung, and with me always is Chad Grigsby. Yes, Dave, every every podcast is an Ezra moment. So <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it, if you guys ever hear a pterodactyl screeching or anything in the background, that's Ezra making his presence known. Yeah. Or Hayes or whoever. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We love having Ezra on the podcast, making his uh, uh, little uh, uh, noises in the background. It's pretty funny. So yeah. uh, anyway, so uh, I want to go ahead and apologize up front. I'm a little uh, uh, hacky this morning. I'm, I'm channeling my inner Joe Cocker this morning. And so I may break out into a Everything is Beautiful uh, Bring you know, it. Uh, kind of song. And, and we have uh, Kyle and Zach Reno in the studio with us this morning. Say hey, fellas. Hey, what glad up? to be here. <laughs> and and it's kind of nice because these guys have thicker accents than I do. And so That's all uh, we got. Bro. That's <laughs> all we got. Yeah, being from from Alabama. Yeah. And real uh, tight. Yeah. Real tight. <laughs> Had to happen. Uh, knew that. Let me apologize to all our Arkansas fans yeah. out oh, there. Everybody man. just cut it off. Hey. That's right. Hey. We love Arkansas. We just uh, it could be worse. You could be from Tennessee. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. So we just kind of think that uh, you guys finally heard the voice of the Lord and came to the promised land. So, yeah, glad uh, to be here, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> so at the, the recording of this podcast, we are coming off of spring break, and I had one of the most awesome, refreshing spring breaks that I've had. We did nothing. Mm. We didn't go anywhere. We did watch the new King Kong movie, which was pretty awesome, uh-huh. uh, me and the boys, and coolest monster fights ever, and... Uh, and then I worked in my shop, man. I got my wood shop all set up, on, and built some on. shelves, and built some workbenches, and Bruh, man world stuff. Yeah, it was. I was out there uh, one day for about six hours and completely missed lunch. Did oh, not yeah. even so. Yeah. You know, you're eating wood. I was. I'm just <laughs> chugging some sawdust. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So uh, real men eat sawdust. Yeah. That's right. It was three o'clock, and my wife comes out and she says, "You want to come in and eat?" I said, "What time is it?" And she's like, "It's three o'clock." And I said, "I missed lunch." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I a, must really love this. That's right. It was it was incredible therapy for me last week and and refreshing. And so, uh, did you guys have good spring breaks? Awesome. Spring yeah. Breaks. Tons of landscaping stuff. I did this I, I, absolute same thing. Yeah. Worked dude. through lunch and mulched and didn't think about nothing. 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 I'm telling it you, man. Awesome. I've I been, planted a garden. <clears throat> well, see, yeah. dude, man, we, Chad, what'd you do? This is America. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you guys had such relaxing, uh, enjoyable <laughs> vacations. I took uh, two children under the age of four to Florida, uh, flew f- in fl- four airplanes, and went to Disney for a day. And <laughs> Wow. So, awesome. yeah, so I'm really glad to be home and working yeah, again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you yeah. stopped smoking yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading a lot of uh, Dallas Willard here lately yeah. and on uh, spiritual discipline and everything and this whole silence and solitude 
mm-hmm. is really, really That's tough that. for me. But last week, uh, out in my shop, I found my happy place That's and awesome. uh, some nice silence and solitude. And it mm-hmm. was, it was good. Yeah. So. Uh, I came back Monday, hit the ground running, and uh, I'm ready for another vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, we've got Kyle and Zach in the studio with us this week, and uh, all the way, well, uh, all the way from Conway and Benton by way of Alabama. That's right. And uh, and so Kyle has uh, been in Arkansas almost four years. Almost four years. Yeah, almost yeah. four years now. May will be four. And Zach is coming up on about half a year, a little Six over half months. a year. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hmm. uh, so kind of talk about, uh, and we'll, Kyle, we'll start with you since yeah. you've been here longest. Uh, uh, start about your ministry journey, you know, yeah. kind of leading up to sure. you know coming to Summit and then planting Summit sure. Conway. Yeah. And then Zach, you pick up after that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the most abbreviated version of that. I came to Christ at 19 years old, didn't grow up in the church around the things of God really at all, and through the witness of a coach and inviting me into the presence of God, came to know Jesus at Gardnell First Baptist Church in Gardnell, Alabama, and it was around men's men that loved Jesus and loved to share the gospel, and read the word, and so I found myself from 19 to 21 really wrestling through a calling to preach and didn't have any context for that because I didn't grow up around uh, preachers or anything like that. Yeah. So at 21, surrendered, and they made the terrible decision of hiring me as an intern at Gardendale First Baptist and paying me about $4 a year, uh, <laughs> but, got to, but got to hang around uh, just the kingdom and God stuff, and it forever shaped me. It was a part of a church that prayed and fasted and shared Christ and sent people to the ends of the ends of the earth, so I'm just very grateful for that. That's sh- it really set the tra- trajectory for my life yeah. and for my ministry, so I was there for several years uh, and then came to Summit Little Rock where I was college and missions pastor for right at three years at another just dynamic church, great leadership, same heartbeat. And we were talking about church planting then, mm-hmm. and the, the elders even had a conversation with me. That was 10 years ago when I started now, 10-plus years uh, there. But didn't uh, in reality, I was not ready yeah. to do that, and God, by His grace, knew that. <laughs> and so a guy that had discipled me, hired me at Jackson, Mississippi, Crossgates Baptist Church, where I was associate pastor for five years, and I learned, man. I went to school uh, watching, getting to sit underneath somebody that had the the authority and for me to make decisions, good, bad, and indifferent across the <laughs> spectrum there and learn and learn how to shepherd and pastor. So we got toward the end of our time there, and God had uh, really made it clear that he was moving us toward a lead pastor position, and he was forming our family at that time through adoption. Yeah. Uh, and so we were adopting our first son in East Lansing, Michigan, and Bill Elliff called me and said, man, we, it's in our heart still to plant churches. What would you would you think about coming to be a lead pastor of a summit church somewhere in central Arkansas? We were holding one promise, and God was fulfilling another one yeah. at the same time. Wow. So, so we did. Right at May will be four years ago, we moved to discern what God wanted to do. And I've, I've had a really—I know this, and this is all glory to Jesus. I've had a real blessed track yeah. uh, through the— being in churches that are really cross-centered and disciple-making focus, prayerful, all those things. And so I, I pray to reproduce that. Yeah. So that's a little of my story. Yeah, cool. Zach? Awesome. <clears throat> well, first off, I'll say that I am Kyle's younger brother. And I'm going to clarify <laughs> yes, the is. record <laughs> on <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I'm telling people I'm the younger, better-looking Reno. So, uh, But, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I do. I love my big brother and uh, thankful to be in, in Arkansas. We've been here about six months. Uh, I was actually the first in our family to come to know Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, 14 wow. 
when somebody invited me to a Wednesday night student service at a little uh, a little church of God, this little Pentecostal church down the road from us, and uh, folks knew how to pray, man. And there was a little volunteer guy. He was a firefighter, volunteer youth minister, and uh, would just preach the gospel in a little fellowship hall to any teenagers that would show up. And when I walked in, it went it went because a little girl invited me, by the way. So, <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that was, the, that was the, there was an ulterior motive in that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, I I remember walking in, and I had heard you know about Jesus uh, growing up, but it was the first time that I'd actually heard um, that uh, man that God loved me, and that uh, I remember feeling the weight of my sin, but the fact that Jesus had rescued me and. Uh, it was an old school invitation, man. It was it was not cool. It was hey, if you want to get saved, no no lights, fluorescent you know, fluorescent lights, and uh, <clears throat> walk up here and come stand with me, you know. And yeah. it was like, hey, man, I I gotta have that. And so I tell uh, Kyle can tell this uh, testify to this. I remember coming to Christ and coming home because I was a weird dude at fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I was a lot more sanctified. I, I remember walking in, laying down on my bed, and looking at my ceiling that was covered with glow in the dark stars and my my spit my posters from black light posters from Spencer's, you know, and uh, uh, and and but I remember looking up and just being unbelievably amazed that. Uh, that God loved me, and I had no idea what that all looked like. And so, uh, <clears throat> a few uh, started trying to grow in my faith. Uh, probably about a year later, felt like the Lord had called me to preach. And and so I'm in high school and 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 serving the Lord and trying to FCA and things like that. And anyway, started doing student ministry, uh, you know, interning and those things through college and. Um, served full time at a couple of churches. Met my wife in high school, by the way. So I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Oh wow! Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we just celebrated ten years this past year. We've got two, two little ones: a six year old little girl and a three year old little boy. And served, like I said, served at uh, a couple of great, just traditional uh, Baptist churches there uh, in in Alabama, which is neat in our story because I cause I came to know Christ at this little. Uh, church down the way started praying for my older brother yeah. uh, to come to faith in Christ. Uh, God just gave me a burden for him, and at the same time I'm praying for him. God is doing a work uh, at Gardendale First Baptist Church, which was just down the road from us, um, and a coach is sharing the gospel with him. and mm-hmm. And so we laugh and say, I remember getting up one Sunday morning. I was about 16, and I was usually the only person in my family that was getting up and go to church on Sunday mornings, and my brother's light being on. And I walk into his bedroom, and I will never forget, he was putting on a, a, a V-neck Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt, uh, cargo khaki pants, and yeah. some Timberlands. I mean, for like 1999, bro, was looking good. Yeah. <laughs> the best I had, bro. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. listening to Maxbox 20, you know what so, yeah. But uh, I, I remember asking him, saying, man, where are you going? And he looked at it, and he said, I'm going to church. You got a problem with it? I'm like, no, nah, bro. You know, you <laughs> And so, but uh, he ended up coming to know Christ that day. And wow. that Sunday, we, I walked in that Sunday afternoon, and he was sitting at the kitchen table, and I said, "Hey, man, you got you got saved today, didn't you?" And so, yeah. and then that next wow. Sunday, I came to church. I came to church with him. We said, "Hey, we're going to do this together." And so I went to Gardendale and hungry for the word, and man, so I ended up joining Gardendale. But so ministry track though. Um, did student ministry at several great little churches and then ended up coming to Bellevue uh, and got to feel like the Lord was calling me to pastor, did a pastoral mentorship uh, and was a college pastor at Bellevue and got to serve under him. And then uh, from there, felt like the Lord was calling us to pastor. And so we went from Memphis to Northwest Alabama, 
uh, to a very rural community. Our first uh, to take our first church as pastor, it was a declining uh, church, and there was probably, a, uh, if I remember right, one of the oldest church members there. Uh, my first Sunday told me that uh, that I was there. She's praise the Lord, brother Zach, that you're here. Um, I've sat here and thought you're my twenty seventh pastor. And I was like, dear wow. Lord, you know, it's going to work. But, mm. man, we started praying. We got in this rural area, 1A high school. Um, we mm. got some godly guys together and started started praying, believing God wanted to save people. And and he did, man. He showed up and did some, some great things. And that led us that season. We left that season to come here to plant a church in Arkansas. And I had somebody ask me the question recently, why, why do we feel like God's called us to plant? Or what has God maybe done to prepare us for that. And, and and I told him, I said, well, I think our season in Alabama at this very rural area where I, honestly, me personally, I was like, I don't get it why you've sent me here. You know, I mm-hmm. we walk out of the church and look at a cow pasture, you know, and just try to, <laughs> to figure this out. Um, but in that, the Lord taught me to believe, man, you know, believe for the things you can't see. And and our our last two years you were there, we baptized over 100 people. And uh Got to see God wow. do some incredible things, and it was it was nuts. I mean, it wasn't flashy. It was just man praying and seeking God, and and uh, and so that in coming into planting and and looking at Bryant Benton, looking at Saline County, we're saying, you know what, God, there's not a church there yet, but we're gonna believe for it. Yeah, and we're gonna believe that you're gonna do something. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, I mean, both of you guys have. You not only had backgrounds with strong prayer ministries and mm-hmm. foundations, you know, with Gardendale yeah. and with sure. Bellevue and with Summit, uh, but have carried that over into your church plants. Right. You know, we'll kind of jump, let's jump into that right now. You know, talk about, you know, the impact of that growing up and how that became such a part of your DNA sure. and the impact you've seen of that. I mean, you talked to Zach, you talked about it a little bit, you know, in Alabama, the church mm-hmm. there. But I know, you know, there's weekly men's prayer uh-huh. gathering in the mornings, mm-hmm. which I'm a part of the one at main mm-hmm. campus at Summit. Yeah. And it's been, that's, Tim Wickers says, that's my centering, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, point yeah, in the week, you know, Wednesday morning. And it's been huge for me. And so kind of talk about that, how you guys develop that prayer strategy, what you do with yeah, that prayer strategy, sure. and what you're seeing with your guys and gals and the impact it's having. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you have to resolve that in your own heart. You know, I, I find for me, even I was so blessed to see that DNA from Jump Street in the church mm-hmm. that it wasn't wasn't just rhetoric about prayer. Twenty one Jump Street. Yeah, Jump Street. Not no, no, not really. <laughs> but uh, but that pe- that men actually gave time to prayer, and the pastors gave time to prayer, and the church gave time to pray. And so it, we know it's true. I don't, I don't know any sincere follower of Christ that. We'll say, I, I don't think prayer is that big a deal, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the kingdom of God. But then the question is, well, what's the practice of prayer right. look like in, in your life and in your church? And so for us, it gets as practical as, as calendaring, yeah. you know, like. So if, if we believe that a, a church, the church was birthed in prayer, is sustained by prayer, will be propelled through prayer, then how does our calendar reflect that? Yeah. You know, how does how does our leadership reflect that? Yep. And so when we started in Conway, the first thing we started was a prayer gathering. You know, you came and led, Dave, with yeah. us. We were in the greenhouse over yeah. there before we had any idea where we would gather. We were starting to serve in the city, but the first thing that we did, the stake we put in the ground, is that we're going to pray our way forward. Yeah. 
that we're gonna we're gonna believe that God hears our cries and that He will move us as a church. He will He will birth us as a church as we pray. And so that was as practical as Wednesday mornings at six a.m. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So we it's on the calendar. We celebrate it every every Sunday. I say something about it. Yeah. yeah. Every Sunday I say, Hey, the the bowler room, as Charles Spurgeon said, you know, yeah. of our church is prayer. So this is where we lead, and we let and we let the people in our church know that come to pray. What what's really going on? Yeah, you know, like they, they. If you want the inside scoop, you're not gonna get it at a business meeting. You're gonna get it at the prayer meeting. Right. You know, right. you're gonna get it at this point. We're asking you to pray specifically. So we we learned to do that. So we've actually moved it to Tuesday mornings now because we do stuff in our in our city as well. So we have one cry prayer on Tuesday mornings at six a.m. and and we do a once a month gathering with now the churches in our city. Yeah. Which has been unbelievable. So yeah, we'll, cool. we'll have two hundred plus people re- reflecting, like a dozen, a dozen churches all over the city that come together, led by different pastors and prayer. But we we had to get it on the, our calendar first, and then I had to take it to some pastors, and we had to get it on the calendar of the city. Yeah, to start doing it, and then we always try to say, God, what do you want to do this next season? And so we have seasonal prayer emphasis as well. So like we'll go into the summer. Mm-hmm. And we'll do June fifth through the eleventh, seven days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. And we'll have here's some. We're doing a series this summer on the kingdom of God. So here's some kingdom prayers we're going to pray. And so it get it gets to where it's not generic. What are we asking God to do? Mm-hmm. Like Zach was talking about earlier. Like what 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 are we what are we sensing God's saying, and what are we asking Him to actually fulfill? So mm-hmm. we're praying. I'm getting text messages right now from our global engage team. We've asked the Lord that we want to send 40-plus college students this summer on extended global assignments. So yeah. not just a mission trip. They're going to go for for a summer. So we put on a prayer card at the begin in January for 40-plus people in send you, yeah. sending university students. Of course, she sent, just sent me an update, so we have 30-something right wow. now. Wow, you know, wow. Well, our whole church cool. has been praying for that. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> and we've prayed, and we've prayed in the gathering on Sunday mornings. We have a moment that we pray. And so it, that's our way of doing it. It's not the right way of doing it, but it's just our way. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing it. But you have to. We have to find, and we learned that. I didn't. I didn't create that. Mm-hmm. I, I called it. Yeah. You know, I called it from. And now my responsibility in Conway location is now how are we going to implement it? Right. And how are we going to make it a part of the practice of our church? And then mm-hmm. when you get to the end of our, when I'm done, you know, in ministry, one day would would a marker of of my ministry and life was he, no, he was really serious about prayer. Yeah. yeah. He was serious because of the, uh-huh. the way he talked, the way he led and actually the, the calendar of the church and yeah. that. So that's, that's some things that I've learned mm. in it. So Zach, you're, I mean, you're just getting going with this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys have your first Sunday service this, this, this Sunday, Sunday yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pray for us. Bro. <laughs> yeah. like, we're praying a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, well, by the time this airs, uh, you will have had your first uh, yes. Sunday. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, yeah. Uh, so what you know? What are some of the things? I mean, you're mobile. You're building your core group, yeah. your team. Yeah. You know, talk about kind of these early stages. And Kyle's been going for three and a half, you know, mm-hmm. almost four years now. Yeah. So You know, talk about some of that. Just practical on. Yeah. And I'll say yeah. this again. We, we you know, I, I cut my teeth uh, in with great the same great mentors that Kyle did as mm-hmm. far as in prayer and those yeah. things. You know, one of the things that uh, that we're doing that that I saw Steve do um, at Bellevue, and I and I just put that put that on record, man. Getting to the time that we got to spend under Dr. Gaines and and get to to serve under him was just great. But he's just a good old country boy from Tennessee, yeah. and he just yeah. loves loves the Lord. And he'll tell you, you know, this is I'm 
uh, I, we're, we're praying and believing. But I remember on Sunday morning, she'd have the entire staff to show up at Bellevue uh, at, uh, at 7 a.m. and the 6,000-seat sanctuary. And every seat, every seat at that uh, sanctuary got touched and prayed over, prayed that God would fill it, prayed that God would uh, would call people, that it would become altars. And so we saw the Lord do that in Alabama. We, we kind of did the same thing. It didn't take near as long to do pray over uh our sanctuary in Alabama, so we went from praying over the parking, pl- praying over the pews, to praying over the parking places, and so, yeah. and we're already doing that here in Saline County. We've been prayer walking uh, areas, and we've been prayer walking the sanctuary and all those things, and just to connect though, as far as leading up, you know, with our journey, I got here six months ago, and one of the first things we started doing was, um, and we didn't have, we had a handful. The summit had recognized, you know, we knew we had families. Uh, that that lived out there, but we didn't know any interest or anything like that yet. We had just a like a, a group of about five guys that that were said, "Hey, we're 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 in," and so we started getting those folks together at six a.m. at Bishop Park up here in in Bryant and started praying. And so that was the first thing we did was was gather mm-hmm. uh, to pray, and then we started doing first Monday night prayer uh, up here, and we were renting out uh, Bishop Park again and praying, seeking the Lord. And, and we started praying for some pretty specific things. The first thing we did was we gave out a list of, of 10 things that we were praying. It was a little door hanger that we were praying for Saline County, for the launch team bleeding in. And like one of the numbers was, you know, we prayed for 200 people on our launch team uh, because we were reaching uh, two different cities, but essentially with Bryant and Benton. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Lord, to be able to do that, we need some folks, you know, in mm-hmm. these areas. And these this is a, a, a big area, a lot of lostness. And so... Uh, and, and we prayed specifically, and I'll tell you one of the things that, as far as in strategy, in church planning, this is me coming having pastored a church that was over a hundred years old, and now coming into pastor a church that is. Uh, I really believe this past Sunday when our elders at Summit commissioned us, that's when we became a church. Yeah. And so um, mm-hmm. going from a pastor a church over a hundred years old to pastor a church that's four days old. <laughs> yeah. uh, what what I have found out the greatest strategy in, in anything is um, is just to hear from the Lord. Yeah. to hear him speak and and you know, we say that and I know I say that but if we really believe John 16 that uh, Jesus said I have many more things to say to you uh, and uh, and so one wow. of the things that, that he's active he's real uh, you know I think about Francis Chan forgotten God you know to talk about yeah. some of that and um, but one of the things that I felt like Dave I, I felt like the Lord had told me was uh, I'm gonna raise up some people from summit you know I'm gonna bring a team from that but I'm gonna send people who are who are not summit people? I've got laborers and I've got people that I'm raising up that are in the city that are not like taking church members, like people that are there that are moving in that that are going to be a part of this. And and I'll tell you a cool story. So one of our first, uh, we're doing an interest meeting uh, and or, or a growth track kind of thing uh, leading up several weeks ago. And I walk out to the my truck to put something in my truck and I walk up to a parking spot and this car pulls up and I don't know these people. They're getting out of the car. And this guy gets out. He's a fam. We got a family, young family with him. And uh, it says, "I said I introduced myself and what was going on." And he, I said, "Well, what brought you here?" And he's like, "Hey, man, we're, you know, we've been looking for a church in the area. I heard about this thing going on. And and my family, we just moved here from Southern California, man. And and I kind of told him who we were. We were starting a church. And he's like, "Oh, man, our church in California sent people all over the place. And hey, that's that's what we've been praying for." And and that dude jumped on our team that night, and so God's already using <laughs> wow, him, you know. And awesome. so, and it, but again, I walked away from that saying, "Well, that wasn't that coincidence. That wasn't that was the Lord saying, man, I told you that.' Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I told you that, and and so that's been a 
Amen. It's kind of a big part where we are right now. Cool, cool. Yeah, B- both of you guys have really cool stories because you're you you're doing similar things, but you're doing them at, at kind of different times. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kyle's been doing this for a while. Zach, it's a very similar situation, but you're just you're just kind of getting started in this. So, uh, talk about how you guys have actually gone into declining churches, replanted in their existing facilities. What are the blessings of that, the challenges of that? Because, mm-hmm. um, Kyle, you can talk about that further down the road, but, Zach, you can talk about it because you're going through it kind of right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about those challenges, hel- helping the existing people transition and the blessings and all that. Mm-hmm. You'll go You'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't we, know who I was listening to this first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, when we got there, um, we started with prayer. We started serving our city. You know, as a gathered church, we'll be three years old this April. Right. Yeah. But we were there, had small groups before mm-hmm. that, and started uh, reaching the city and people uh, before that. But we started looking up, and our people were ready to to worship, you know, ready to get together on Sundays and, and invite people into the presence of Christ. And so we started looking, well, Conway, much like Saline County, it's a fast growing area. And I started, at one point I could have sold real estate in Conway <laughs> because I looked at every place and you know, talked to every person possible. And there was just no options, you know, there whatsoever you know, that we could afford and feel good about, right. you know, yeah. really. Uh, and, and I had talked to a few churches about possibility of you know, renting some space, sharing, and just didn't see a, there wasn't any open doors in it. Through God's sovereignty, one phone call from a lady in our church who had a member, who had a mother who was a member at Cornerstone Bible Church in Conway, said, you ought to talk to their pastor. He's a great man, uh, and just see you know what what's there. So I took uh, Mike Ford, Bill Elephant and I did, took Mike Ford, to marketplace in Conway over that buttery bread, uh, oh, man, yes, <laughs> that the Lord was already there. <laughs> yeah, you had me at butter, <laughs> yeah, yeah me, which probably just set the stage for what happened yeah. next. So. But <clears throat> uh, Mike uh, Ford is is, uh, and I know now what I didn't know at that moment is one of the the most kingdom men I've ever met. And so I asked yeah. him, told him what we we're doing. He knew about us, those kind of things, and said, "Hey, uh, is there any chance we could?" use some space, rent some space to start our gathering. And without batting an eye, he said, absolutely, when you when you want to start. And I was like, uh, well, we're, our launch date, hopefully, and this was January. Yeah. We were hoping to start in April, and we had nothing. Yeah. Like we were about to tell our, our people we're about to delay this whole process, yeah. you know, for the gathering part of it. And he said, well, <clears throat> well, yeah, you can start April. He said, when when you want to use it? Like, what time? I was like, uh, I mean, We'd love to use an optimal time, you know, like 11, 11, 15, something like that. He goes, okay, we'll move our service. So they moved their service to 930. Wow. Let us start at 1115 to give you just the, the more abbreviated part of that. For us, what, what, was, what remained at Cornerstone was about 20 people that they had went through what a lot of churches are going through currently. Mm-hmm. You know, there had been pain and bad seasons and and Mike had sort of come on even after a lot of that and there was a trajectory for the church that was that didn't seem quite possible to to change at this point you know and what they had been praying this is amazing there's a guy another Mike Mike Warren there that was one of their elders they had walked around and they would prayed two specific prayers God fill this house and bring children back yeah bring children back so they were panting for something to happen they saw the city and the demographic at median age of 27 yeah realized that they didn't represent that 
Yeah. You know, and wanted to be a part of something. So our hope was what, what God said to me very early in this deal uh, for us, because we started just by sharing space, rent space, to, to Kyle, you go in this with one mindset that we're going to bless them. They've already blessed us. Yeah. So I'm not trying to get from you. I'm, I'm trying to bless you. And so we did everything very, uh, there is the dance. You know, like there's a dance, like we're in your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God's yeah. entrusted to you, and I'm asking you if I can remember if I can remove that in remembrance of me table. Right. You know, I'm asking you if we can remove <laughs> that those candle holders. You know, yeah. I'm asking you yeah. if we can do that. And, and so we went in with the <clears throat> the culture, and we told all of our our people we want to we want to bless them, we want to honor them, and what that even not to get. Yeah. If that means we're just here for a year, yeah, you know, then, then this for the sake of the kingdom, this is the right way to proceed forward. Well, what it ha- what happens? We became family, yeah. And so at at, mm. you know, at we were April. We get in the summer. By God's grace, we've grown, and there's there there are the house is full and kids are everywhere. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the Lord's and they're and they're they're celebrating. Yeah, they they move their service to the fellowship hall and let us start two services. Yeah. You know, and at year one, year one, they we stand in front of our church, and they and they entrust the whole facilities to us, wow. and join us yeah. as a church. So I say all that to <clears throat> that. That sounds like flowery sunshines and rainbows, you know, the yeah. whole time. In the midst of it all, was real hard deaths that he had to die. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of. I, I remember vividly a woman that that was in their church who loved us, but was grieving. Yeah. You know, she was coming and getting some of those things that we were moving. You know, they're, they're like, and this, I'm not, it's not bad per se, but they had, they had the flower room. Yeah. You know, that had 674 flowers in one closet. You know, and <laughs> yeah. and that, that we really, that we really needed to use for tech equipment. Yeah. You know, and they approved that. We had asked for it, but now they're getting rid of all those flowers. Yeah. And she's and she's mm. carrying them out crying. Yeah. You know, and I, I just went, wow. I just went to her and I said. I know that this is hard. Yeah. And she goes, it really is. And she looked me dead in the eyes. She goes, it's not because of you. It's just hard. Yeah. I said, I know. Yeah. I, I understand that. So it's hard. It's complicated. They had some people that didn't mm. want to be a part. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't necessarily mm. they were against us. They just didn't want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. you know. And so they moved on. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to, we had to have those conversations with as we moved toward merging, you know, them really joining us and is that we we can only be who God called us to be. Right. Okay. So we're not gonna we're not gonna change that. Right. You know, and if if that means that you need to go do something else, then to go do something else to the glory of God. Yeah. You know, but it, it was it was it, there was those awkward. We 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 made up a a little statement in that season to just we just gotta wade into the awkward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you don't don't dismiss it. Don't try to act like it's not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just wade into the awkward, you know. Ask the, ask, say the right thing by the power of the Holy Spirit, discerning. Don't respond, you know. Uh, but if you sense something, say something. Yeah, you know, say something in that. And and God was unbelievable for us, though. The the hinge was a kingdom man. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know, at the at the lead of it was a bivocational pastor who loved Jesus and wanted. And he his their statement that they kept saying is. What are we gonna leave? Yeah, and and they decided we're gonna leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna leave a legacy, and and they have. And so every Sunday, I look out at some cornerstone people. We baptized seven people last month, you know, and the the faces that I see are those yeah. cornerstone people because they're like, 
losing other people that's been with us you know six months now and they're like oh that's great cornerstone people's like we hadn't baptized people in years yeah yeah in years mm, yeah you know and now we just saw seven people baptized yeah like, they're losing they're looking around like what's wrong with you people right? <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's cool yeah. on both both ends but there is there mm-hmm. is a there is a dance and tension yeah that you got to navigate yeah and there's always that's one of the things that we're you know we're seeing this happen more and more on average in arkansas uh 16 churches close every year last year we had 24 close wow. and uh 2012 there were 31 or 32 i mean so the the trend is mm-hmm. upward in, mm-hmm. in that in number and but there's also been uh a shift in in these kind of things happening churches that know their trajectory is mm-hmm. not good and not right. going to get better unless something miraculous happens. Right. Well, the some of the miraculous things that are happening is they're saying, can a church plant come yeah. in and, and exactly. resurrect something yeah, here? Yeah, absolutely. And I had two conversations just this week uh, yeah. about that with two churches that, you know, we want to bring in some new life. We want some kids around here right. again. We want some young people around here again. It's not going to happen with us. Mm-hmm. Can, can you help us do that? And right. so, um, so that's happening more and more. But there is, even in the midst of all that, as kingdom-minded as, as our folks are, are getting with that and, yeah. and willing to release some of those things, there is grief. Oh, man. Because uh, they married and married mm-hmm. and baptized exactly right. family yeah. members there. Exactly and it right. has deep meaning right. yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, so, in the, we're in the middle of navigating that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that because you're on the you're right in yeah. the fray with yeah. Salem. And, I, and I'm, I won't rehash everything. Very similar situation to, uh, in, in this that Kyle described happened with us uh, with the former Salem Baptist Church. In the uh, Benton area, an unbelievable blessing. It it uh, you know just ramped our launch time up a lot faster than. Well, and they, they came to you expected. and they said, did. "Would they you guys come us. in?" Yeah, yeah. We had a launch date of August, uh, and we're gathering our launch team, and they came to us and basically said, "Hey, we you know we we've heard that you are coming, Bill. Who again, I can't praise Bill Elif enough, yeah. and just the humble uh, guy that he is, and his relationships with pastors in the state and." Uh, mm-hmm. And so he had spent a lot of time with this pastor in the several years, just helping answer questions. And it was just a tough go. You know, the pastor yeah. had come. He was the to describe the situation a little bit. He was the worship pastor there, and then after a transition, they called him to be the pastor. And you know, they just kind of gotten at that point. And so um, he held it together as long as he could. And and uh, they went through a lot of hard seasons. And so anyway. Um, he approached Bill and said, "Hey, I heard you are coming out here. We're at that place. We're saying, you know, what's what's next for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had about sixteen uh, people uh, left in this facility, and and financially, you know, they, they just being able to hold it together just wasn't gonna uh, be able to hang on uh, much longer. And so we started meeting with them, and there was the reality of they didn't want to see. One of the things we had to navigate was they did not want to see." The church actually close mm-hmm. that to, to go through a to, to have Sundays where they stopped meeting there was such a defeat kind of there um, and so we had to, to kind of navigate that with our launch team and you know is the Lord and it's the Lord's timing's perfect you know he when 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 they voted to to give us this facility um, then man the Lord just started really uh, bringing the laborers uh, quicker than we expected and so we went from an august launch date to an easter launch date Mm -hmm. so from august from april from backed up to april uh which was 
crazy world, crazy town, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, but I will say, you know, if I had it, I know that you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're navigating a situation like this, um, one of the things that I found myself having to, to navigate in that is to dif- to differentiate who we are versus who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, looking back, and this is just my personal opinion, and I may change this. Kyle and I have talked a lot about this being brothers. Kyle said... And I, where these the awkward happened over a year yeah. time with them, um, at, at Cornerstone the awkward kind of went over a year time in navigating these 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 deaths. They voted, and then it's like, hey, we've got two months, and we're starting a church, and so it happened in two months, mm-hmm. and so it was wow. nuts. So <laughs> as yeah. far as having these, and so I would call Kyle like every day, or call Bill, BJ, and be like, hey man, I'm talking to this guy. You know we're we're covering up the cross, and we're you know we're having to you know, we're not intentionally covering up a cross, but we had to put a uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're having to put a like a video screen in the sanctuary, and so there was a cross back there, and it was like you know that hey, that's an issue, and uh, we had to get rid of a flower room, you know, to make kids space, and there was just and it was all happening in in you know just such a short period of time. Right. On the flip side, I yeah I wish we had built a relational capital prior to that. That would have helped a lot of those conversations because we're having these awkward conversations, and honestly, to their credit, they're just trusting us yeah. by faith. And some of that was just the reputation of the summit, but really more more importantly, just the reputation of Bill. Yeah, you know, that was kind of what they were going off of that. Uh, that helped a lot with that. But now we're good and all is well. I can you know we're navigating a lot of, a lot of that. Last night, I've got guys up there that were former Salem members who have spent weeks helping get the sanctuary ready and gets pulling sound wires and doing all the kind of stuff, you know, and so we're integrating people into kids ministry trainings and stuff. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if there's a right way to do it. I would say if you want to avoid the awkward's going to happen. Yeah. If, if you can build some relational capital on the front end, I think that's incredible. Um, but you know, you can do it the fast way. Kind of hurry up. You know, it's like pulling a Band-Aid off. You can do it really slow, yeah. or you can just rip it off. And so we kind of just rip the Band-Aid off, and, yeah. and that's where we are on it. So, But both of you had folks from the former churches that have stayed with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would say if the few that were um, remaining, I don't – the first meeting we had with them, there was a husband and a wife that were there at the first meeting that were not there at any – uh, subsequent meetings, but everybody that was other than that one couple have have remained and are, you know, getting on our man. Our bass player and uh, electric guitar player were guys who were in their worship team prior to that, and so you know we've yeah and and for a lot of those folks, this the greatest stories like we keep saying, man, we can't thank you guys enough. You know, this is such a you can't thank you guys enough. And we had one of their church members told me, stopped me a couple of weeks ago. And he said, man, you got to stop saying that. I was like, man, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He said, you keep saying, we can't thank you enough. And he said, and we're sitting here saying, man, we're, you, you guys are what we've been praying for. Wow. And yeah. and so, you know, that was cool yeah. to, to hear. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not painful. Right. You know, right. Uh, yeah. But That's good. Wow. That's great, man. So, um, both you guys started with uh, you know kind of a good core team from yeah, Summit sure. main campus that 
you know, sure. either lived in Conway or lived in Benton Bryant area yeah. that said, okay, we've been driving in. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go to church right down the road from where we live sure. <laughs> you know, and yeah, be yeah, with yeah. you guys. Uh, so, you know, with that comes great blessings sure. to have some good leaders, some good sure. folks to you know build some momentum with. Also some challenges because you've got a whole group of people that have right. been with Bill. Yeah, yeah. Now they're coming with you, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And so talk about some of those kind of blessings and challenges, sure. you know, uh, you know, and starting with a larger group of church people yeah. like that. Oh, man. There are tons of blessings. Yeah. You know? Especially I'll go on record and say blessings, I think, overwhelmingly. Well, knowing some of the people the, you the got, sure, yeah, yeah, I would say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have pillaged. That's what we <laughs> said. <laughs> we have plundered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is a testimony to Summit as yeah, well. It's a sending capacity. Yeah. You know, yeah. to, to send their best. I will say this. I said this number earlier, and you probably got to, Kyle's got to help correct me on this. So we did pray. Kyle and them were going to reach Conway, and we said, well, man, they were praying for 100 on their launch team. Man, we got two cities we're trying to reach in Saline County, so we're gonna pray for two hundred, and we, and we, I think we're I think we're there, but let me clarify that we've got a hundred and eighteen adults at this point, and the rest are kids. It is like Dis- wow. it's like Disney World, man. We we can't have a meet uh-huh. we can't have a staff meeting without childcare for twenty kids. You know, yeah, so it, yeah. it's, yeah. it's crazy town yeah, right awesome. now as far as that's concerned. That's Next generation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's the the overwhelming blessing of doing it as a part of a family. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's I mean, mm. from resources to I mean, care, you know, accountability, all those kind of things. The set DNA, you know, people knew what we were planning. Yeah, you know, the people that went with us, we wouldn't we wouldn't changing core values that I would say are in the kingdom, but right. we we have you know clarified what that looks like for us and it's going to express itself contextually made a little different how we engage the city and all the all those kind of things so that was huge but the, I, I would say what we had what we learned real quick was that they have to remember though we came from an established church of 15 years we we're going to plant a church yeah. yeah and so kids ministry ain't on sunday one you know ain't gonna look like it looked Six yeah. months ago, right. yeah. So we, you have to be, you have to give margin for us to grow into who God wants us to be. Yeah, you know, don't don't expect that. Hey, we're going to plant a summit church in Conway. It's going to be just like Little Rock. Well, maybe in fifteen years. That's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. everything is scalable. Yeah, everything, everything, everything is scalable. And so, and to get to know, uh, get to know yourself, your gifting, your place, your role. What multiplying does is it for it. You take some leaders, like Zach's talking about, God's raised up incredible leaders for them in Saline County, uh, that people that were leading in some capacity in some at Little Rock, we had the same thing in Conway. Some people that were leading in some capacity in, in Little Rock that were with us in Conway. But what you do when you multiply is now everybody's got to lead somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know everybody's got to yeah. find their role. You, you can't hide no more. That's right. Yeah, like, yeah. You, yeah. You you get you got to find your spot. No more bench warmers. Yeah, no, yeah, more, which is, no more spectators. Which is neat in that because what I found because I everybody was new to the summit to me, so I don't know, you know, stud number one leader to just a guy that's been sitting on the pew. I know these people who hey, if we show up at six a.m. to pray, we're gonna pray. And I give you example one guy. I won't say his name. Uh, but he's just, he has been, man, from day one, he's at 6 a.m. He's one of the six guys that are showed up to pray, you know, to pray for the city. And, and we're moving forward, and he's like, hey, we need e-groups. He's jumping in and helping with an e-group. And we're looking down the road of saying, hey, man, at some point we're going to have to, you know, ordain some elders out here. And I'm looking at, I'm sitting with, with uh, BJ and Bill and these guys from Little Rock, and I'm calling this guy's name out. And they're, they're looking and saying, you know, he's such a, he's a nice guy. 
He man, he's faithful. He gives. You know, just everything that you. But we would have never guessed him to be that kind of leader, to be that kind of guy. And mm-hmm. so, the neat side of that is, is the sending work from the summit is raising up like guys that I'm thinking, man, that guy's gonna be my my dude. I got to lean on. Yeah, is a guy that was just a faithful church member. Yeah, you know, wasn't nothing wrong with him. Wasn't nothing he's doing anything bad. It was just he wasn't being called up. Yeah. And, and just the natural response of sending out is just calling calling guys up. That's yeah, that's right. Uh, that's neat, but yeah. it is different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And giving them place to exercise mm-hmm. innate leadership gifts that God has given them, just haven't had a place to yeah, put sure. them in practice yet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys for for sharing all this stuff, uh, for for sharing your experience, and it I, it's a unique situation to not only have two brothers in ministry, but to have right. you know bro- brothers who are in the same family of churches. I don't I don't think it's too much Reno for one family of churches. Oh, it may but, be. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it may be. Yeah, they spread us an uh, hour apart. Yeah, that's that's right. we can't be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're in one meeting together a week. You know, so yeah. That's how we handle it. Yeah. But but I think it's a I think it's a really neat thing. So thank you guys for sharing. If there's if there's one last thing that you guys would want to say to church planters, one piece of advice that you have, what would it be? Mm. Maybe specific to replanting, because both of you guys are kind of in that situation. We're sure. having that conversation more and more. Sure. But if you know, and we've got some guys that are thinking along those lines. I had a yeah. conversation with a guy not too long ago. Is is you know what about replanting yeah, a right. place? I mean, it's kind of there's some guys right. kind of thinking that way now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I mean, I in my heart, I just believe that that God is doing that, you know, and is going to do that exponentially yeah. in the years to come, you know. And and we know that the planning new churches is not about buildings per se, right? But in every, especially in in the South, you know, and which is true across our nation, but in the South, there are buildings that are already existing, right? You know, and there is the. We know all the stats of the downward decline, you know, and the things that that's playing out in some of those expressions around multiple cities. So if God is calling you to plant, you know, a church, which He is, you know, He's calling people every day to that yeah. and to certain cities, then then why not just see? Yeah, you know, why why not why not? And and I, my advice in that would be is humility. Yeah, you know, don't don't go in to be the hero of right. that city. You know, going like. Y'all are not going to make it, and now we're here. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, but go in, go in there to be help. Yeah, you know, to go in there and say, "Listen, I, we want to play our role in the city." God's going to. You don't mean you compromise your vision or DNA or all those kind of things, but maybe you call somebody else to come be a part of that. Yeah, or or just and it, and listen, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not. I I, I know because when I say share the short version of our story, uh, I I know we are very blessed. Yeah. Very, 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 very blessed, but it comes with cost too, right? Yeah, so it comes with there. There were times where I wish that I could have just gone to a building we rented, not had to have an awkward conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, or and I know I don't know the other side of that. Yeah, yeah I, I reckon I recognize that. But if God's going to redeem some of these houses across our nation, yeah, you know, some places where people pass by, and, and I, I believe Isaiah fifty eight twelve is the primary calling of of my life. Uh, repair of breach, restore of streets to dwell in, repair the ancient ruins, you know. And I think that God, in a physical expression, oftentimes communicates a spiritual reality. Yeah. You know, so when places that, that started to smell like decline and death become life-giving, gospel-centered 
Jesus exalting places or something about it. Yeah. And so we're hearing this. You know this, Dave, better than anybody. You're hearing these stories all over our our nation. So I'm praying that God does it in every city in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And that there's these these new moves of God. And it's not to, well, this is for the new generation. No, this is that the old generation Mm -hmm. can come and be a part of leaving something. Right. A legacy in that. So lean into it is what I would say. To a church planner, God's calling you to a certain city. And he may, you may... Do to- something totally different than that, yeah. You know, but why not see? Yeah, yeah. Why not just check it out and see what God's saying? Yeah, in it? yeah. I, yeah, I, I did all yeah. that. Um, I, I would say for for me again, I'm I'm. You know, we're starting Sunday. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what does this look like for us? What's a word kind of that that uh, the Lord has taken me back to on several occasions? Um, and and listen, I again having pastored uh, a really kind of walk through a restoration work mm. and then now come into place where you know, we're talking about a planting work you know I, I I get that question a lot you know what's the differences and I'll be honest with you man I, if God's called you to pastor be kingdom minded it's there's challenges that are different without mm. without doubt but at the end of the day it's it's all the same work man you yeah. know it's all that um, and so I wouldn't get too stressed out in that you know you got to pray for a man of peace yeah when you're coming into a city that may be a little deacon or or a bivocational pastor or something at a church that's looking for that next step. He may be your man of peace, just like if you're coming to an existing church and you don't know who's your friend and who's your enemy. You yeah, know, you're praying for a man of peace. You yeah. know, God, who, who are the people you're putting along next to me? And so I, I would I would say that man that uh, you know to pray for again, just praying for those men of peace that God's put before you. But uh, one of the biggest words the Lord keeps putting me back to, and this puts my heart at ease. I just want to weep when I hear it is. You know, Matthew 16, it was one of those three or four months in where I honestly, I was having, even in this transition, that I had a, a, you know, 80, 60, 80 people on our lunch team that I was maybe having one lunch with, one dinner, which is awkward, by the way. Hey, you want to come be a part of this church that doesn't exist yet? Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yet I'm spending 80% of my time there for about a month with 16 people. Yeah from an existing church where I've got like 80, 60, 80 that are, that I want to be spending a whole lot of time with, but I want to navigate this well. And, and there's, there's just those awkward moments, but Matthew 16, the Lord keeps bringing me back to it was, uh, Jesus said that, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just keeps bringing me back. When in those moments where I was like, God, I just can't do this. He says, Hey Zach, I'm going to build it. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. not you. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you that fills me with such a, a sense of saying, Jesus, you got this, man. You're going, but again, if if you don't carve out time to meet with the Lord and let the Holy Spirit speak right. into your life, and you're not going to hear that word. Yeah, uh, and you'll pull up three days later when you're tired and wore out and mad at your kids and everything else, and <laughs> and and say, what's going on? I'm a angry person. What's 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 the deal? We'll say, well, yeah, because you're you're trying to do a spiritual work in a physical effort, and you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so well, and that it comes back to you know laying that prayer foundation right. from the get go uh, to be able to hear you know from God and all yeah. that, and so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, you know, we I, I tell you I, I I tell people all the time that you know after my last few years you know at Summit and just the the way God has grown me in prayer mm-hmm. uh, when I and I'm sure I probably will at some point go back and pastor again or plan mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, that'll be the first thing I do, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. from now That's on awesome. is establish that as the DNA yeah, yeah. and, and how I, I, I regret how much lip service I've given to sure. that, 
you know, down through my ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, short shrift, I've given it, and uh, mm-hmm. no more. Yeah, Amen. So, Come on. So, yeah. That's awesome. Dave, we praise the Lord for you, man. Praise the Lord for Arkansas. Baptist, by the way, man. You guys rock. Even I mean, from Alabama. I know, yeah. man. I said Arkansas Baptist. Yeah. Let's get And the state of Arkansas. Let's clarify. Hey, I'll say this. Y'all get a kick. All you Arkansas fans, listen, you get a kick out of this. So we did a prayer night, and one of our elders guys was keeping, his wife was keeping the nursery. And when it was over with, my two kids come running out, and they said, Daddy, Daddy, look, look. And I said, what is it? And they started going, Woo, Pig Suey. Woo, Pig Suey. Train up a child yeah. in the way he should go. Yeah. And when said, he is he older, said, he will he not said, depart Ichabod from it. over the <laughs> class. I looked and I said, in the name of Jesus. And I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, Oh, that's man, that's great. That's great. All right, so now yeah. we're going to go into rapid fire. Enough of the spiritual stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Let's get come into on. the real. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got two questions questions I have to ask first before yeah. we get in rapid fire uh, that uh, your friend and my friend uh, Pete oh, Lee oh, uh, <laughs> asked me to ask uh, who would win in a fight between you two right. uh, <laughs> who has won yeah, in a fight well, yeah. I, was, I would <laughs> we, say the I light. think we would probably both win and both lose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. now especially <laughs> now it would not work out it would not Good work out <laughs> and then the second question is when you are, are you going to record your Garth Brooks worship album mm. It's been, it's been years. It's in been the years making. Years of the making. <laughs> when it does come out, though, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, yeah, so. And I pray that it never sees the light. Of it, it, oh, yeah. it sees the light. Hey, you know, you know, Kyle brought up the dance. He said, yeah. like, right off the very yeah. first beginning of this podcast. That was yeah. a great, yeah. great Garth Brooks reference there. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, you know, bro, if it's in your heart, it comes out. Uh, yeah. 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 Overflow. That's why hey, it will never come out of my mouth. Because <laughs> it is not well, in my heart. you just wait to this rapid fire question about favorite the rope, That's the, right. the rope It In The Wind video, or the little cassette tape. I remember me and Kyle in my mom's blue Astro van. Yeah, with no seatbelts, by the way. It's like you're in a roller rink driving down the road. You know? Rocket, rocket, like a rocking out the, yeah, yeah. rocking out, roping in the wind, Garth. Oh, my yeah. gosh. All right. Well, here we go. Okay, so we'll go back and forth on this. Yeah. And short, quick answers. And uh, we'll start with Zach. How about that? So, okay. All right. Younger brother? Yeah. All so, right. Okay, so top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Mm, uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Jim Cimbala. Love and me some Jim Cimbala. Uh, and and I would, I'm going to give Steve a, a, a bump right here because I don't think anybody hears about this book much. But When God Comes to Church uh, hmm. by Steve Gaines, uh, probably one of the... You know, early in ministry, I loved him. And, you know, when you get to that point, you're like, hey, I guess I really need to start reading books. You know, <laughs> so I, I but uh, those those two big fans. Yeah, yeah for me, I got to say it too. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It was the first book I ever read in my life. I was 19, came to Christ, and the guy was discipling me, gave me Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, which mm-hmm. is really not for a new believer at all, you know, in some ways. It's, it's for past, pastors' desire to see it. Right. But it, it, it just ignited a fire in my heart I, uh, I'd probably say Axiom uh, which is Leadership Parables by Bill Hybels is uh, it's real practice it's unbelievable it's leadership gold so yeah and one more book by the way if you're looking for uh, books to read in those really private times of meditation or on the throne uh, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adrianisms <laughs> the Adrian Rogers little leadership parables are studs man yeah. those are great yeah Adrianisms yeah. Adrian. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle, what about your biggest strength in ministry and biggest weakness to overcome? And then Zach, over to you. 
hey, can we do this for each other? Because this is an awkward question to ask. <laughs> <for> <laughs> let me speak to Kyle, and I'll let Kyle speak to me. Can we do that? Sure. Okay. All right. So flip, yeah. the, flip the script. Yeah. Flip the script. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say Kyle's biggest strength in ministry is uh, he has a calmness in leadership that I think is is great. And he's a really good preacher, passionate in, in in preaching, but I, I probably said there's one thing I've I recognize about my big brother. There is a calmness in leadership that, mm. yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Zach's definitely he he as a preacher leads from the pulpit, but I think which is Zach's type A, you know, like as we all are in this room right yeah. now, so, <laughs> yeah. and uh, in really good kingdom ways. But he he also I, I is very convicting. For me, um, twofold evangelistically, he just he just leaks. I've, I've always said about my brother, he used to he used to barge into my room uh, when I, after he came to know Christ, no lie, and say, "Kyle, just give me one minute and let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. Just tell me one minute." And I, that was from the eighth grade version to the thirty, you know, thirty-three, <laughs> two, old, two. I'm, I, hey, listen, you're getting up there, thirty-two-year-old <laughs> version of him. He's still the same way. I, I kid with people say, "Listen, if if a broomstick like stays still long enough, Zach will share the gospel with it." You know, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. And mm-hmm. I think that comes from uh, he just loves people. Yeah, he just it, he just loves yeah. uh, people. So I would say that's a big strength for him. All right, weakness overcome. What about challenge. your biggest? Yeah. Yeah, you can talk about yourself on that. Yeah, I'll talk about weakness. <laughs> this would be awesome, no, brothers. You, yeah, you, you set it up. Oh, no, come on. You started we- this. Weakness to overcome. Yeah. You know what? I, I had to learn in learning still in this is giving power away. Uh, is to is to be, I, I think, uh, lead pastor like roles really struggle with this because I have confession for myself. Uh, and Robert Lewis told me early in this thing, and uh, he said, Listen, you, you can't give your role away because right. God made you who you are. He said, but you can give power away. Yeah. And so I've, I've, I'm having to learn that consistently. Like to either I can lead it, you know, and and think and if some of that's pride, you know, and they're thinking, well, I got to lead it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But the, the reality is, is the church suffers when yeah. I do that. So to to give power away, I would say, is, a, is probably a, a constant struggle yeah. for me. Yeah, I would say probably my biggest struggle is I'm just too humble. I'm choking. No, I say that. Yeah, that's always. uh, I just love Jesus too much. Uh, No, uh, I I would say honestly, my biggest struggle in, uh, you know, you take all the strengths, giftings, and all those things. You know, I'm always high on vision, and um, and so I usually I think most senior pastor, most lead pastors are. You know, you got an idea of what you want something to look like. Um, and and so that is great. But what I have to remember is is that they're, not everybody's like me, and so um, it, and and they and there are people that want to serve and want to be a part of that. The best thing I can do is when I do have a vision for something, I have to be uh, intentional about clarifying that on the front end because people want that, uh-huh. and they want you to cast vision and give an idea for what you want it to look like, what you feel like the Lord wants it to look like, and then man, then they've got a track to run and go uh, go with it. And so, not to just uh, assume, you know, that people see those things. And so, yeah, I usually don't have a problem giving it away. I have a problem giving it away and walking by and being like, "Well, man, that was stupid. You know, why'd you do it like that? You know, I'd be like, well, because you didn't tell me nothing. You told me to go set up a, you know, a parking lot plan. I'd be like, yeah, not a dumb one. You know, that kind of. You know, so, uh, so that's a, uh, I'd say, clarify on the front end. All right. 
What about your biggest uh, or your favorite hobby or pastime? Yeah, we are we are brothers. We so, are brothers. <laughs> so it's going to be probably a little bit of hunting, fishing, loving every day. Loving every day. <laughs> loving yeah. Every day. Uh, can't, you can't get can't get that Alabama. We're outdoorsmen. Uh, yeah, we love yeah. the outdoors. I like to shoot stuff in the face. So yeah. Favorite movie? <laughs> Anything Denzel Washington. Probably. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Man, man movie stuff. Yeah. Or Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but let's throw it out there. Can we just openly admit that if I'm ever flipping through the channels and any Rocky is on, sure. I will stop and watch it. I yeah. watched Rocky 3 this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, here's the next two hours that's, of my That's life. mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mandatory. Yeah. So, man uh, movies. Man movies. Yeah. All right. Favorite band or musician? <laughs> You know the dream is like a river, <laughs> ever changing as it flows, and the dreamer's just a vessel okay, that must please. follow where it goes. This is the sin of My ears are bleeding now, I just have to say, and my heart is crying. I'm sure Jesus is too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So back to weakness and ministry. Sure, never yeah. sing again. Never, <laughs> yeah, never, leave that alone. Never, ever. So. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So that was Scar. Just for you. Well, yeah, I assumed that. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's also my it. senior class song. It was The River. But I'm going to go ahead and make a public confession now that me and my buddy who counted the votes... <laughs> We lied. <laughs> we graduated had like 150 people in my graduating class. It was incredible. We had 270 people though vote for our senior song, and it ended up being "The River" by Garth Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I I, I uh, always thought highly of you guys until that moment, <laughs> and uh, kind of went down a couple yeah. of notches. That's good. Maybe we can earn it back. Yeah. 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 Hey, I echo what my brother said earlier. Love you, Dave, yeah. Chad, you guys, Arkansas. Y'all have been biggest support cheerleaders all the mm-hmm. way across the board. And if you're listening to this, you're probably connected in some way, maybe to the Arkansas Baptist world and Dr. Sonny Tucker and everything. Man, we're in good days, guys. Yeah. yeah. And the best, yeah, the best is ahead of us, no I doubt. Agree. I agree. So, I've I served agree. in three Tennessee and Alabama and now Arkansas in three different states. And um, I mean, they're all great state conventions, do great things. But as far as the, the, Passionate pursuit of church planning. Uh, that's so. It just seemed like it seemed like Arkansas is a lot farther down the road uh, with that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, man, I'm just I'm fired up to be a part of it. Well, thanks, guys. We we'll work hard at yeah, it. Try, <laughs> and uh, and so that's our heartbeat. That's Sonny's heartbeat, you yeah. know, as well. And uh, you know, he he leads by example on that. Yeah. And so we're fortunate in that. Grateful for that. So, well, thanks guys for coming on and uh, sharing your stories. And this was fun. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Awesome. Thanks. All right. See ya. Well, great conversation with Kyle and Zach. Uh, love those guys. Um, just doing incredible stuff. Uh, you know, Summit Conway has just blown up, um, you know, and, and just continues to you know, reach a ton of people. Uh, regularly baptizing folks, you know, every month. I, the power on Nick's phone was going down. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> Chad is not in the studio today, and I just hit uh, the – 
the low battery powered thing to go away and covered up Chad's face and it kind of freaked him out a little bit. So it's offensive, uh, Dave. I, it's offensive. It was offensive. I was giving, <clears throat> showing you the hand. And, uh, so, uh, so anyway, and it's really a fascinating story with both those guys, you know, with ties to summit, uh, from Alabama coming to Arkansas, both doing replants, um, and, and both churches that, uh, the facilities, existing facilities are in such incredible kingdom vision for those folks uh, to see we want to we want to leave something here. We don't want to just, you know, Cornerstone shut down, Salem shut down and there not be anything here. We want a gospel presence in these communities and and be a part of that. And so many of their existing members have stayed, which is a testimony, I think, to Kyle and Zach's leadership there and Bill's coaching, you know, of them and so just so much good stuff going on uh, with those two guys um i love the the prayer strategy you know both of them have implemented of course i've been a beneficiary of that and being a member at summit now for a little over three years and uh, uh it's been such a huge huge thing for me in, in growing my uh, personal prayer life and development, and uh, I'll I'll never go back into another local church again without being a day one something we implement, and uh, and we're seeing the benefits of that for those guys uh, as well. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Time will not permit to talk about all the great things that was said during that podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Couple of yeah. things. Um, everybody talks about prayer. Everybody, especially in church planting, it's like you have to, it's like obligatory. The obligatory yeah. reference to prayer. How can you partner with the church planter? You can pray for them. How, you know, what is crucial to your church planting process? Well, prayer first and foremost, but how many people implement it, make it part of their rhythms, make it part of their gatherings. And so they put their money where their mouth is and, yeah. and, and are probably of anybody you know, church planting wise, they're on the forefront of that. And to see God moving in such amazing ways in what they're doing and them to say, look, we, first thing we started was a prayer gathering. Uh, man, it's amazing, you know? And so we need, yeah. we need, we need more of that, of actually practicing prayer, not just emphasizing yeah. it. And I think you said that we, we kind of throw it out there as all oh, prayers, most important thing, but then we don't, we don't make it a part of what we're doing, you know? And so, yeah. Well, you know, Kyle said, you know, our prayer strategy is reflected in our calendar and our leadership. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's it's calendared. Mike Prince, you know, is another one that's a master at this. You know, with his prayer network through email. I mean, I, you know, I got two emails this week. You know, more people yeah. they've led to Jesus. More things going on. They they they've calendared it. They've made it. Uh, the the practice of prayer is it's not it's not theoretical. It's it's not. I know we should pray, and and we do every now and then. It's every week, Wednesday morning, six o'clock. Uh, every quarter, we're gonna do seven days. You know, prayer fasting. I mean, it's. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. And for it to be a reality, it's got to be on the calendar. Right. And uh, another thing that stood out, as far as churches that you know have not experienced uh, or on the decline, the the churches yeah. that they've worked with, to see. A church pray a prayer like God. We want to see young families in here again, and God, yeah. we want to see Your presence here again. And to realize that in order to to real to see that dream come to fruition, you have to die and let somebody else come in. 
what it what it reminded me of is God sometimes answers our prayers in ways that we really don't want Him to, and so <laughs> to be willing to see that prayer answered by through replanting process takes a lot of kingdom perspective, takes a ton of humility uh, by those yeah. existing churches. And so that's just a great, I thought that was a great story about how sometimes we pray prayers and we don't exactly know what we're praying because for, for Cornerstone to reach young families, it meant joining Summit. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, and here's something I was thinking about in that whole conversation. The It, it was not because of a lack of spiritual maturity among the the believers in those churches that they weren't growing. Right. Because for, for them to be able to make that step and pray that prayer, and then when God says, here's how it's going to happen, another church is going to come in and, and grow where, where you guys have not, th- that's, inc- that's incredible spiritual maturity right. and humility there. So it wasn't that they were not godly people, that they weren't doing the things that... Uh, they should have been doing. There's a myriad of reasons why churches go on the decline and and shut down. You know, transitioning neighborhood, uh, maybe some maybe some poor leadership somewhere down the line, uh, maybe some uh, some risks that were that God wanted them to take they didn't take or or whatever. But but it, it, I, I was thinking about this the whole time during that conversation. Uh, these are these are godly people who love Jesus and want to see something happen, and here's what we're willing to do to see that happen. Right. That's a high level of maturity and love, love sure. for the Lord, and li- and listening to the Lord there. And so, so in this conversation, you know, don't ever hear us say that well they just didn't follow Jesus, and that's why that's that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church at Ephesus is not in existence anymore. You know, mm-hmm. the church at yeah. you know there there's a life cycle for every every expression of the church and. And uh, I think it's a testimony to the people that remained there that uh, God was doing something with them to create an opportunity for this to happen. Yeah, well, it uh, takes a kingdom mindset. It takes a perspective that says a win for the kingdom is a win for our church. Yeah, this is bigger than me. Yeah, and a couple of more really, really quick things, (laughs) because I know this has already gone very long, but Kyle said that they— they started in small groups to impact the city, make disciples, and then gather them into church. We have so many guys who want to start a church, try to make disciples of people who come to reach the city. And yeah. and, and so emphasizing that in church planting. So if you're a church planter or you're being called to church planting, do what Kyle did. Try to yep. impact the city, make disciples of who you lead to Jesus, then gather them into a congregation. Churches that do that, like Summit and others— they are growing and they are healthy and they are yep. having great impact. The ones that just start a worship service are getting chewed up and spit out. Uh, yep. And so that's something. And then the second thing was, man, so many church planters have this air about them that they've got it all figured out, that we are God's gift to the kingdom and to the <laughs> yeah. church. These are two of the most humble guys and yeah. dear Lord, let it be that we have yeah. more church planters with the spirit and the heart of the Reno brothers who just, yeah. man, have an infectious humility that yeah. uh, we just need more of. I, I love, I don't remember, Zach or Kyle once said, uh, well, I guess it would be either one of those because they were the only two here, but <laughs> said, you're not the hero of the city. Mm. 
uh, you know, you're not the knight in shining armor that's going to come in and and you know just make this thing you know make America great again. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you're not the hero of the story there. Uh, Jesus yeah. is the hero of the story, right. and and th- I think that's one of the things that these guys have recognized from the get go is through their their prayer strategy and emphasis. You know, Zach said, you know, if you're not spending that time, you're not going to hear that word from the Lord that gives you the thing you need to do what he's called you to do. Yeah. And and from the get go, I mean, from day one, that was the first thing that these guys started. Um, And uh, and it's I'm telling you, we give it so much lip service. And these two guys are testimonies, living testimonies of the power and impact prayer can have. Mike Prince is a living testimony of the power and impact prayer can have if we do more than just give it lip service. We calendar it, we schedule it, we make it a priority uh, in our practice and in our people. Um, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, great stuff. Great stuff. It's story time with us. Today's story comes from Pastor Ricky Lattimore and Tabernacle Baptist Church in McGee, Arkansas. This is a story about block parties and partnerships. Tabernacle held a block party in Dermont, Arkansas one weekend and had about 250 people attend. Seven people accepted Christ on that day and four were baptized right after. One week and three days later, Tabernacle partnered with another church in the McGee area in order to show how block parties are done. They report that 200 people attended this block party. 16 were saved at the event. One was baptized by Tabernacle. Another was baptized by another local church who, as a result of what they saw at the block party, recently made a decision to affiliate with the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Isn't that great? We love to hear stories like these. Send us yours. You can email us at thegrind at ABSC. Always great to hear from good old Uncle Neil, and I hope you guys are enjoying the stories about church planning, things God's doing here in Arkansas. Uh, We love sharing those times. This has been a longer podcast with two guests instead of one, so we're not we're going to forgo bookshelf this time uh, and do a wrap up. Thank you guys for joining us and listening in. Uh, we'll pick back up with that segment next time. Uh, uh, don't forget to to go on and check us out on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, website, all that good stuff. Uh, podcast is on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, I got a text while we were podcasting uh, today saying, I just found your podcast on Google Play. I was going to give you grief about being an Apple-only thing until I found that. And so uh, <laughs> so we are a multi-denominational podcast, uh, you know, when it comes to platforms. Hey, we, I, that, with, yeah, we might be the upward yeah. version of podcasts, but we like to diversify. You know what I mean? So That's right. We are diverse, yeah, yeah in our distribution. We're for all so, people. Uh, <laughs> that's right. All platforms. That's right. So, so Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all that you can find it there, and on our website as well. And so, uh, some great things coming up. Uh, we're going to be by the time this airs, we'll be about ready to head to Exponential Conference in Orlando, Florida. We now have portable podcasting equipment that Chad and I will be taking to Orlando, and we're going to be doing some. 
some podcasts uh, with some people, some speakers at Exponential, uh, as well as getting the guys that are going with us in a room and doing some wrap-ups. Hey, what'd you hear? What are some highlights for you? So we'll give you guys some uh, we, tidbits from Exponential. We will give you guys some potent potables with our with our <laughs> You, you couldn't get the third po- P, could Potent you? Potables with our portable podcast system from Exponential. There you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight I'll face. have Potent so, Potables for 200, Alex. That's right, for 200. Uh, oh. uh, what is a portable podcast? <laughs> so... Uh, all right, so that's coming up. Uh, we got some cool interviews coming up. With we're going to do a follow up interview with Mark Cox uh, coming up uh, after his one year from shutting down, and and then he'll be restarting uh, on Easter. Uh, interviews with Matt Hess in Toronto, George Ross in New Orleans. Uh, hoping to get Alan Hirsch and Hugh Halter on the podcast while we're at Exponential. Wade Burnett, big multi-site guy. So some cool stuff coming up. And uh, uh, go on iTunes and leave us a review. I know a lot of you guys are giving us great feedback personally and on Facebook and stuff. Uh, Go write a review for us. That bumps us up in the search uh, capabilities. And uh, we're kind of rising when you search for the grind uh you used to have to put in church planting as well to find it now you can just put in the grind and we're like top five grind podcasts now so thanks for the the reviews uh we need some more on there and uh, feel free to share with your friends and uh keep giving us feedback we want to make this better and better and so thank you guys for the comments that you've given us so far uh we're having a blast doing this and hope you're enjoying it as well So till next time, uh, boys and girls, uh, this is Dave McClung signing out. Yes, Dave, I am the Pat Summerall to your John Madden. So that's right. That's right. I'm the intense kind of guy that wants to talk about uh, the Raiders, the Raiders. And you're the one that says, glad to be here, here, Dave. (laughs) All right. See you guys next time. Keep grinding.